0: So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us us. who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody everybody wrong? Show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win. That is the big question. And this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. Welcome back to Direct AF. I have a really special guest here with me today. Her name is Wendy Lee Stevenson. And I am really excited for her to share her experiences and her journey with us today. Um, She's been, well, I'm not going to introduce you. I'm going to let you talk to all of us. I so appreciate you doing this interview with me today. Um, And to start, I really want you to talk to the audience about who you are, what you do and why you're so passionate about what it is that you do
1: awesome thank you so much for having me lisa it's an honor to be here and um, i'm so glad we connected through instagram i'm not even sure exactly how it happened but we started chatting right away and i'm like oh i like this girl (laughs) and then we got on the phone so yeah uh, that was
0: really really fun and that's the power of social media is to make connections with like-minded women and and men and um you know even if they're not in the same field that you're in or not in the same multi-level marketing company it is so great to connect with people like you. It
1: is. It is. It's a ton of fun. Um, and when you can learn to enjoy that, it makes business so much easier, right? So, yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I My adult life was pretty much in the corporate world from age 19. Um, I actually wanted to be a singer when I was young and did not go to college because I thought I would be a singer and started working in a corporate job on accident as a temp and surprisingly, was really good at sales and marketing, and wound up having a lot of responsibility pretty quickly. Um, I worked for a startup company, learned a ton, and had mentors around me in that in that job that were excited to see me learn and trusted me and allowed me to make mistakes, and um, it was. One of the best experiences of of my entire life, that very first job. I was very fortunate. Um, But after corporate world, you know, getting married, having kids, divorced and remarried, having more kids, I found myself in this place where I felt like I was always pushing so hard for other people's dreams. And I constantly hit a ceiling right? And I know people talk about the glass ceiling, right? But truly, I I had one experience in my corporate job that was so um, in my face, blatant, (laughs) anti-woman, that it just made me question everything. And I was um, working for a company, I was really crushing it. We started a whole new department, um, did all the hiring for that department. The senior VP of sales came into town and was like, Wendy, you know, everybody loves you. You've promoted several times already. You're just doing amazing things. I would love to know where you see yourself in the future in this company. And I want to invest in you. I want to help you grow. And I told him a couple of positions that I saw myself in over the next couple of years, and he was all for it. And then I said, but ultimately, my goal is to be CEO. And he, like, stopped. <laughs> literally, I could see him holding back laughter And he looked at me and he said these words, and I quote, you're a woman, you're never going to be the CEO
0: of this company. Oh, that's so, so bad on so many levels.
1: (laughs) And I was like in shock. I'm like, he really just said that to me. And it was a turning point for me because I never, I always wanted to look at myself as an equal and I'm never gonna say, oh, because I'm a woman. I'm, yeah, like I just never played that card, right? And and I don't, I don't want to. I didn't want to. But when he said that, it was so in my face, and I was like, you know what?
0: It sounds like a challenge. I'm gonna be a
1: CEO <laughs> one way, right? It was like, yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> so, um, it was about a year later that I came across network marketing, and the girl that reached out to me about a network marketing opportunity, I literally like was like, I'm sorry, I'm anti MLM. I said those words to her and I thought I have a real job. And, and I just thought network marketing was like at home moms that played in their kitchen with parties, home parties. Like that was my perception and that there was no real money or real, real career there. And um, I went to a, a conference, it was held in Nashville, put on by Damon John from Shark Tank. And it was a wealth building seminar. My husband and I went, and they said two things there that rung in my mind, because the girl that reached out to me about the network marketing used these words, and I'd never really heard them before. But he said, you'll never build wealth with a salary job trying to climb a corporate ladder. You're only gonna build wealth with multiple streams of income and learning how to create residual income. And so that residual income piece is what I remembered that girl saying to me about network marketing. And so to her surprise, I went back to her a week later and I said, hey, tell me about that business when she was in shock, right? Later, she tells me, I almost quit after asking you and you were so like, no way. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was brand new and she was like, asking anyone else. Um, but I wound up oh. saying yes to her. I joined that night after I met with her that second time. And about three months later, I caught the vision by hearing someone else's story. I heard a woman on stage This is why events, I think, are so important um, if you're in network marketing and going to those events. But I went to an event. It happened to be in my town, thankfully. I went and I heard this girl talking about her corporate career and that she surpassed her full-time income with her network marketing business, still while working her corporate career. And she made six figures in her corporate job. And I'm like, say what? Right? Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I made a decision. I'm doing that. You know? and so uh it took me three years but i did it um in the meantime i lost my corporate job i was laid off actually pretty quickly um i was laid off our company was bought out and what could have been a really hard moment for me and my family because i was the sole income uh was actually um empowering and i said all right i'm going all in with network marketing And like I said, it took me three years to make that six-figure residual income, Um, but that changed our lives because in that, I was a mom of three at the time, and during that time when my residual income was five figures a month, whether I worked or not, um, we were, we felt called to adopt. And that was something I always had wanted to do. I always felt a passion for, but I never had the time for. I never had the time for my own kids when I was in my corporate job, right? And so when we uh, decided to adopt, um, it was such a blessing because when we brought our kids home, they came home in uh, 2018, September, 2018, three kids at one time. And it was 16 months after I birthed my fourth child. Who I did not find out about until we already started the adoption process. Um, so we went from three kids to seven in 16 months. And, uh, but in that time, I got to spend time transitioning with my kids and not worrying about a paycheck. And that was a huge blessing because once you build that residual income, right? It's, and you have momentum, you can keep maintaining with a little bit of time. And I was able to really leverage my time. And I, i really understood at that point, the power of what I had my hands on. So that's kind of the, how I got there.
0: God, There's a lot to break down there a lot. And I want to go back because I really want to hit on some things that, um, that you spoke about that were really meaningful to me. And I'm hoping that the audience listening, um, also finds a lot of meaning and power in in what you just talked about so the first thing I want to touch on is the importance of people allowing you when you were young in your career to make mistakes you said that you were allowed to make mistakes and you you were allowed at a young age and I I'm guilty of this, you may be guilty of this too, Um, but when we were working moms, you were in corporate and uh, I also have four kids, we talked about that and I was working as a a full-time trial lawyer. Because we were away from our kids so much, um, we may be not helicopter moms, but certainly indulgent perhaps. And I think, I know I may not have let my kids make Mistakes at a young age. I wanted to fix things and teach them and all of that stuff. And I, I wonder what you have to say about that with seven kids and and learning to allow them to make mistakes and not control.
1: Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do, right? Because you want the best for your kids, and you know you don't know what you don't know when you're that age. And uh, man, when I was so I have teen, you know teenagers and young adults now. And I thought I knew everything when I was 14. I thought I was so mature, grown up, knew how the whole world was going to play out. <laughs> and so, um, and I, that's kind of probably my, the best way that I've been able to allow my kids to make mistakes and walk their own journey is I put myself back there and go, how did I feel when I was 14? How did I feel when I was 12? How did I feel when I was 18? Right. I thought I knew everything. And my mom and dad were dumb. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and guide, but I think the biggest thing is leading by example, um, letting them see, letting them even see my failure, right, and the lessons I've learned, and um, I had a conversation with my 18-year-old the other day, because he's he's made some some pretty poor decisions lately, and he's paying some severe consequences, and, you know, I instead of getting mad at him, and putting him down, I said, what do you think it plays the biggest factor in the choices that you make? And it came down to his circle, who he's hanging out with, you know? And I said to him, listen, it doesn't make you a bad person, right? I, when I surround myself with a certain type of person, right, I I have tendencies that I can lean into picking up some of those behaviors that are negative and bad for me, right? When that's all I'm around. So I am very intentional with who I surround myself with so that I can, I surround myself with the people that are where I want to be. And so I'm constantly leveling up, right? Right. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, It's hard to see your kids suffer. It's hard to see them make mistakes, but truly, I mean, I think going back to that experience with me and in that first corporate job is it was the biggest growth of my I mean, really, until becoming an entrepreneur of my corporate career, I had the most growth in that position because I was taught, I was told to figure it out, you know, in some respects. And then I was allowed, yeah, to do it well, wrong, to it, learn the best
0: way. Yeah, it's brilliant because it creates um, confidence. When you when you make a mistake and you learn from it and you're mm-hmm. allowed the space to make the mistake and learn from mm-hmm. it, you become a better, stronger, more confident yeah. Person, I think there's a no lesson. No matter what in, age,
1: yeah, there's a lesson in that too for people listening that have teams, right? Um, I think you know when I first started in network marketing, I wanted to be the leader that everyone got information from. Right? Everybody can come to me. I'm gonna know it all. That because that's you know that's kind of how I was. Like I was always the one that figured everything out. And in my corporate job, I loved everyone. You know, feeling like we can turn to Wendy and she's gonna know. Right? It made me feel irreplaceable. <laughs> which is kind of a joke, but, <laughs> um, but then in the network marketing space, it was totally different because I learned that what my goal is not to be the leader. My goal is to develop leaders, right? Create right? leaders. Yeah. And when we, yeah, when we can, when the best way to create leaders is empowering them. Right. So when people now come to me and have a question, you know, or a, a problem, then I want them to find the solution. I've learned how to ask good questions and direct people to where to find the information, um, and that's empowering for them. And I've seen that since I've made that shift in, you know, like almost dictator to actual leader. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that's been where I've seen more,
0: a lot more leaders rise up. So yeah, it's a process. It's a hard process. I think learning how to be a leader is is the most challenging thing that I've encountered in network marketing so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning yeah. and I'm, I'm nowhere where I would like to be as far. And as I think things. the
1: process never ends, you know, uh, John Maxwell, the, you know, father of leadership, <laughs> you could call him with all his books, you know, one of his most recent books I just read. And he says, man, I'm learning now at 80 all the stuff I didn't know and I thought I knew in my 40s. Right. It's a constant development constant. Yeah,
0: it's true. I experienced a lot of um, similar things that you did when your boss told you that you're never going to be a CEO because you're a woman. I remember I was, um, early in my first pregnancy and I was still a prosecutor at the time. And I remember telling the judge, um, that I might need a couple extra bathroom breaks, you know, because I was pregnant and he just sat back in his chair and rolled his eyes. And he's like, "Ugh, can't we find anyone else to do this trial? (laughs) (laughs) And that was just my first, you know, taste of it. So I, um, I, like you, never played that victim card. I didn't ever see myself as inferior or less than or somehow dealt um, an uphill battle because I was a woman. Um, I view it as a challenge when people behave that way, you know?
1: Yep, absolutely. And I think that's how you have to take it to grow, right? Um, And not letting it get you down, not playing the victim card. Right. Um, But also recognizing the reality of it. That's what I've had to, I guess, in that moment, I was like, okay, I understand that this does play a part. I mean, it is a factor in some cases, um, but that's not a reflection on me or who I am. That's a reflection on whose mouth it came from. And I get it today on social media. I had somebody bashing some reel about my kids and saying that I'm forcing my, like people that don't even know me and don't know anything about our family, (laughs) giving opinions on how I'm raising my children. And um, I'm like, man, like, it's such a reflection. Like I'm never offended by, by any of that, by some random person on the internet, right? Because they don't know me and any comment negative that they have is a reflection of who they are has nothing to do with me.
0: Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to point out for people who are in the network marketing or social selling space, who, who need to develop a thicker skin and realize that the, the nose and the negativity isn't about them. Right. Right? Yeah. I think that's an important point to make. Let's move on to direct AF and the dice and the book and your experience with that.
1: Yes. Okay. Right. When I met you, (laughs) (laughs) I went to your website. I'm like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. So one thing that I've kind of accidentally got into after being in network marketing for a while is coaching. So I also coach women in network marketing, how to build six figure businesses. And um, it's so funny because you come up against the same issues, right? Everybody, everybody has the same roadblocks, it seems. Um, And one of those big roadblocks is not being efficient, you know, saying, okay, I have 15 minutes to work my business right now, and spending all that time figuring out what to do to work their business instead of actually getting into action, right? And it's like overthinking paralysis that happens. And um, so I'm always about how can we reduce the overwhelm? Right. How can we cut out the overthinking? How can we, you know, remove the perfectionism? And so when I saw your dice, I'm like, it's brilliant. Like, hey, I have five minutes to work my business. Roll the dice and here's what I'm doing and just get into action. Right. It's kind of like it reminds me a little bit of the Mel Robbins five, four, three, two, one. Like you just count down and you do it. And I think the one of the like I said, one of the biggest issues people have is not knowing what to do with that time and so you've simplified it and you've gamified it right which people love people love when you know things are gamified and and we learn quicker when things are gamified so i just think it's brilliant absolutely
0: and i appreciate that so much i really do and i appreciate the reference to mel robbins because you know that five four three two one thing that she came up with it's so simple it's ridiculous mm -hmm. but it's but it's brilliant in Mm -hmm. its um, ease and its efficiency. But the bottom line is of that and the dice is you have to just move into action, right? I was just having a text conversation with somebody on my team who was like, you know, she's texting me and she's like, I really think I need to do a little bit of self-evaluation about why I haven't worked my business. I said, or you could just reach out to three people and call it a day. Exactly. Because the self-reflection and the thinking isn't going to get you where you want to be in growing your business. It's just another um, excuse, really, don't you think? Absolutely. Well, so, you know, that you get (laughs) one of my leaders uh,
1: calls it analysis paralysis, right? Like, you want to analyze what it is that you're struggling with, whereas if you just do it, I I think (laughs) – do it and celebrate the fact that you did it. Right. Right? Like recognize, I I talk a lot about the one thing, right? And I love that book, The One Thing. We um, have taken classes to be a certified coach for The One Thing. And what The One Thing says is like, what's that one thing that you can do that such by doing it, everything else becomes easier or irrelevant. In network marketing, in any business that you have, any sales business, right? your one thing is lead generation that's it lead generation is where you make money and so now lead generation might look a little different depending on where you are in your business right um for me it's starting conversations with people already interacting with me because i've got enough people interacting with me if you don't have enough people interacting with me with you you might need to say okay my number one lead generation is finding new people to interact with right but whatever that is do it at the top of the day when you feel your best right put it on your calendar every single day mine's at 9 a.m 9 a.m every single day i have an hour laid out of my calendar and i i have things that i do my lead generation happens then and it's non-negotiable and then when you do it you get to go you know what i did this today pat on the back like i'm winning everything else is bonus. But we get so caught up in overthinking what the one thing should be that we don't take any action, and then you wind up on your phone all day long trying to figure out what action you maybe should take, and talking and talking to yourself about why you're not taking the action. At the end of the day, you just feel like a failure. So just do something and win at it, right? Even winning that's one thing, right? Winning means you did it. You you did the work,
0: right? right? Winning doesn't mean getting the sale or getting the new business partner or adding somebody to your team. It means that you put the time in and you put the effort in. That's right. Yeah, and the results will come. Absolutely. You, can't, you cannot um, put energy out into the world and have it just dissipate and go nowhere. It's impossible, mm. right? Especially if you're repeating it over and over and over. What happens if you go to the gym every day and you get on the treadmill? and you can barely walk a mile and you go every day for a week, you get better and better and better. And you start to see results and your confidence grows. It's A, B, C, action first, followed by belief, followed by consistency. And I love
1: that you say that. That was in your book, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, because I always say that your action will build your belief. 100%. That when you take action, when you keep showing up, then you're like, man, I keep showing up, right? And that confidence grows, whether you have the results or not. And um, so, and it's funny because so many people say the opposite. So when I
0: read that, I was like, yes, that's what (laughs) we are
1: on the same page, but you've got to take the action.
0: Yeah. So there's probably um a, huge number of listeners that have no idea about the dice and no idea about the book. So I don't know if you've shared this with your team or anyone, but can you just, you know, briefly talk about, um, what was the biggest pain point for anyone that you have talked with who's used the system or used the dice? Mm -hmm. Um, what was the biggest pain point before they did it? Mm -hmm. And then what was it like implementing it?
1: Yeah. Before, I mean, I think just what we talked about, that analysis paralysis, like they have a checklist or somebody's tracker, right, of the 8,000 things they're supposed to do a day to build their business. And they look at it and they're like, where do I even start? Right. And then they start with the easiest, le- least impactful thing, like, you know, making a post in their team page, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> right? And so... That nobody sees. Right. And so... I mean that's been i think what stands in most people's way um or over analyzing how they track the work that they do right like they don't totally. even take action because they're like but how am i going to track it just start talking to people we'll figure that out later um so the big difference you know we do on my team we do a power hour and that power hour i lay out like a timer and here's what you're doing for 15 minutes here's scripts here's what you're doing for 15 minutes here's what you're doing for 15 minutes And it's how much can we get done in that 15 minutes, right? When you're racing the clock, it gives you this little sense of urgency. So you're not scrolling, getting in the scroll hole so much. And you're like, okay, I got to take action and do this. But I encourage my team that outside of that, right? If you have these dice, then you just like when you're like, hey, I've got, I'm sitting in the car rider line, picking up my kids. There's nobody here, right? I got 10 minutes before I move. What can I do right now? and you don't have your tracker, you don't have the timer, right? Roll the dice, see what it says. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Shoot, pray over the dice. Pray over them before you roll and say,
0: Lord. Lord." Please be one of the income producing activities that I actually like doing. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that.
1: Let it be one that produces results, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, roll the dice and go. And um, it just, yeah, it just simplifies it. And it it takes the overthinking away.
0: Yeah. And I think that this is common for every single person, no matter where you are in your journey in network marketing. Um, so if you are listening to this and you're feeling like this is really something that you can relate to, you know, where can people find more of you, Wendy, to get your coaching? Um, and then we can talk about the direct AF builders community after that. I know we talked about you doing a special training on there as well. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, so I have, if you go to www.credo, which is C R E D O, collective.com, that's my Facebook community that's free um, for network marketers. And Credo means belief. Uh, it's like your philosophy, a synonym for philosophy. But um, because your belief is such a foundation for where you're going to go. And like we said earlier, that action is what's going to help build that belief um but credocollective.com and that's my community there or at Wendy Lee online and um that's where you guys can find me and i don't i do have a website wendyleeonline.com i don't put a ton of my coaching stuff on there because i do it more personal right i i'm picky about who i coach <laughs> (laughs) so I interview them
0: as much as they interview me.
1: Um, But yeah, but you can find me there and connect with me there. And yeah, I'm excited about your community.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm really glad that you're a part of it and that you're gonna be doing some, hopefully quarterly um, chats with us. Um, So if anybody is interested, I would really encourage you to go check out directafbuilderscommunity.com. Anybody who becomes a monthly member or an annual member um, is gonna get a copy of the book, Direct AF Sales. And of course, a set of the custom dice that Wendy talked about today, uh, mail to you. So it's directafbuilders. No, excuse me, com, And it's a community of women like Wendy and so many other people who are here um, to actually support and lift other women up and mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. but people in the network marketing industry and the social selling industry, it's time that we, there's enough success in this industry for everybody, yes. not just in my company, not in Wendy's company. There is no need to compete um, because we truly can lift mm-hmm. each other up and succeed. And that's what direct AF builders community is all about.
1: I love that. I love that. I'm all about the abundance mindset. And I came, you know, I've been in cultures that were very scarcity, lack mindset of, oh, I don't want to share the things that are working for me because I don't want someone to get a competitive advantage over me. And now I'm in a culture um, that is so different and so um, empowering to everyone and uplifting. And I've realized that when but well, you know, I mean, it goes back to principle: you reap what you sow, right? When you're sowing abundance and you're sowing, you know, pouring into others and giving them uh, your secrets, really, right? It comes back tenfold. It always comes back. And when I switch my mindset from that scarcity, lack, I don't want people to know my secrets. To I'll give, I'll give you everything I got, right? Um, even though I also sell my information too, right? But I'm like, if you ask me a question, I'll answer as long as it's within the, my time frame frame and my boundaries. But as far as the abundance piece, like I'm I'm ready to share the love, and I love that there's I'm seeing more and more women move away from that um, tight knit clicky crap that happens, right? And moving into more leadership and abundance. And I love that you're facilitating that in your community. It's powerful.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm really, really grateful that you're a part of it.
1: Yes. Absolutely. I'm grateful we met. I love Instagram for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same. And you know what?
1: And I want to say this too, for those listening, right? I think sometimes we get on social media with the sole intent of recruiting, right? Or selling. But when you just look to create connections with people. Some of the most beautiful relationships I have are connections that are people that are never going to be my downline, right? That are doing other companies or that are, you know, in my company and in a different line or whatever. But such beautiful friendships have been formed that have helped me become more of the person I want to be. And so go online with the intention. And when you shift that mindset, if you're not just always trying to make a dollar, but you're trying to connect and empower and serve. people and serve, yeah, then it just comes back. Right. And in many ways, not just in in you
0: actually selling, but in those relationships, too. So, well, when you focus on uh, when you focus on service, here's my opinion. Here's my two cents Yes. <laughs> when you focus on service and you focus on self-development and growth and gain other than financial gain. Um, you truly are serving the purpose that you were placed on earth to serve. And when you're doing it with the intention of, um, glorifying God, right. Yeah. Then the abundance will come no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're on the same page about that. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it, Lisa. All right thanks for listening, you guys. I appreciate your time. I really do. If you learned something, if you got something out of the show, if it made you laugh, if it made you think, do me a favor and share the show. And it's free to go check out directafbuilderscommunity.com. dot com and if you decide to join it's a super low fee. You can just join for a month, check it out, get a copy of the book, see if it works for you. See if you want to be Direct AF in your social selling and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks again. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code DIRECTAF20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe. And even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.